0: Welcome to Epiphany Brooklyn's podcast. I am Brandon Watts, lead pastor here at Epiph. Thanks so much for tuning in. Our desire is to join Jesus in his mission to redeem our city. May God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Um, I was raised in the Baptist church, so I'm going to go ahead and be Baptist like I know it's in my heart. I was glad when they said unto me. Let us go to the house of the Lord. I I changed it earlier, so I'm going to do it like I changed it earlier. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to Epiphany, Brooklyn. Um, It's a joy and a privilege to be here and stand before you. I do not take this um, lightly at all. Um, I know that this is uh, a weighty task, um, but I know that the Lord sustains those uh, who trust in Him and who die to themselves mm-hmm. and be used by Him? Um, let me rush and uh, express my love for your pastor. Yeah. Um, pastor B is uh, a blessing both to my life, to my family's life, and so, I, like y'all, have a true gem in in Pastor B, and I thank him for the uh, opportunity to come um and and be with you all today while he's roaming the streets of fancy lands I was he call- he calls me a pretty boy, but he is something I mean we was looking at his outfits and his sneakers. I was like, this dude he got it, man he, um. Yeah, I don't get to travel often and preach. I'm actually fairly new to this travel preaching thing, but I am uh, excited for a number of reasons um, today. Um, One, my family is here. My my parents are here. Can y'all just wave? My baby sister and her husband are here with baby Miller cooking inside. Um, but i'm also glad because I when, when I do get to go I, I can bring my bride with me. so can y'all say hi to my wife? um i I'm here one to preach. that was the big thing, but also our anniversary is tomorrow. we're celebrating one year one, one year. I know it feels a lot longer for a lot of us um, who are very close. But I'm excited that you decided to say yes. Uh, not just at the altar, but before the altar and all those things. Thank you for everything that you have done. I'm about to cry. Goodness gracious. All right. Listen, I'm not shy to do it. I, I'll do it. Anyway, I was told I need to roam the, uh, the, the, the streets of New York. So I, we're going to do that tomorrow to celebrate. Um, she so don't know where she's going. And I don't trust y'all to keep a secret, so I'm not going to tell y'all. <laughs> um, to pass it to me, thank you so much, brother, uh, for also uh, giving me the opportunity to come and, and to preach God's word. Um, that's enough. I'm going to read the text now. Y'all ready? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So for the brief moment, I have uh, this. Is it still morning? This evening. All right. This afternoon. Even I'm sorry. Y'all bear with me. This afternoon, I like to tag this text, Taking Without Giving. Taking Without Giving. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you for yet another opportunity to gather uh, collectively as a body of Christ. Uh, Many people don't have this opportunity around the world. Um, And so we don't take it lightly that we freely get to come and open up the word of God and declare that you have been good to us. You have been a faithful God. You've been an amazing God. You've been a patient God and a loving God. And so for these things, we say thank you. Thank you that you did not withhold anything from us, but you lavishly give everything to us. And I am so grateful as a person who, uh, who receives on the back end, even though I did nothing, I did not deserve it, but yet you give us everything in this life and godliness. And so thank you, Lord Jesus, um, for the blood that was shed on our behalf. Lord, I'm just a mere man and I can't do this apart from you. And so we don't want this to be motivational speaking. We want power. And so the only one who provides power is you, Lord. So use me, Lord, for your glory. Give me clarity of mind. Give me Conviction of heart to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, because we know the truth indeed sets us free. And we want to see free people all around this world. And so, Lord, would you use me for your honor and for your glory? We pray all these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ, and every glad heart said, Amen. 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 You may be seated. <clears throat> Taking without giving. There is a uh, story. Of two men who were having a conversation. Uh, one was the interviewer and he starts off by asking this man, um, are you a believer in the Christian religion? The man answers really rapidly and says, oh certainly. The interviewer goes back down and looks at his nose and says, well are you a member of a church? I, I, I suppose you would be. The man looks up, and he says, member of a church? No, indeed. Why should I be a member of a church? It's quite unnecessary. And then he goes on and he says, the dying thief wasn't a member of a church, and he went to heaven? The interviewer looks at him and then continues on in the same thought, and he says, but of course you, you have been baptized, Right? Don't you follow the commands that the Christians and believers should be baptized in water? And and the man says, baptized? Oh, no. That's another needless ceremony that we don't need. He said, I'm as safe as the dying thief. Said, and he was never baptized. Interviewer looked up, perplexed again and said, but surely... Since since you're not a part of a church, since you haven't been baptized, you, you, do, you do give, at least to show that you're a part of the faith. He, he responds and says, no, sir. I do nothing of the kind. The dying thief and the interviewer stopped him. He said, you seem to have this fixation with this dying thief. And you seem to glean from him. And if you continue on, he said, but there's a difference between you and the dying thief. The dying thief is dead. You missed it. Many of us, including me, are just like this man We're living thieves holding everything for ourselves taking and never giving but what I want to do in this brief moment that I have I want us to look back at the first church and see how they display what it looks like for a Christian Christians to live sacrificially. Quick background of Acts, chapter 1 and 2, Acts uh, shows us uh, the development of the first church. We see Jesus in chapter 1 addressing the apostles, telling them that uh, he has just suffered, bled and died and he's gotten up from the grave. And now it's time for him to go back to the father. But he says to them on the day of Pentecost, I'm going to leave you my spirit and I need you to be ready. And so they sit there and they're like, all right, well, wait, the time comes. Pentecost is here and the people are in the room and they're filled with the spirit. Signs happen and what wasn't normal became normal. They were speaking in tongues of another language and the people around them spoke that language so they said I'm confused how this can be possible these people don't even belong to us and yet they are talking to us your boy Peter stands up and he says hey let, let me make this clear to y'all this ain't no spooky thing no this is the spirit of God at work in his people And it's funny because verse 41 of chapter 2 says this. So those who accepted the message. What message? The message that Peter got up and said, he says, this is not about us. This is all about the work of God. This is what he's doing in our lives. This is what he's doing in in front of you. Peter stands and he gives the benediction. He says, y'all need to repent and come to God. Verse 41 proves that those people accepted him and it says, so those who accepted this message were baptized and that day, 3,000 people were added to them. Now this next part is amazing, but watch what happens in verse 42. They devoted themselves. Stop right there. Yeah, y'all, y'all gonna get this in a second. I promise you, it's good. Devotion here in the Greek, Means means this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to help you all out because I know everybody don't know Greek. That's why I study so I can know it. I'm still not that good at it. But anyway, dev, devotion or devoted in the Greek means to busy oneself, to persist in, to be faithful. And I like this one to grow and to make strong from Jump Street. We see that they were already devoted people. They just got baptized. And now they're devoting themselves to the that they say they believe. Y'all missed it. Some of us don't have this type of devotion. You know, we, we um, let me see how I can say it. We, we got to know where everything is before we go. We, we um we gotta know where it's gonna be held, where it's gonna be at um who gonna cook what we gonna eat who gonna be there? Who am I gonna sit next to who gonna be there? Is the air on who gonna be there Did I mention who gonna be there? You know we always. Trying to scout out. Anyway, um, (laughs) we are hesitant about a lot of things. Now, now, don't get me wrong. There's places and times to be hesitant. But when it comes to our involvement in the local church, we need to be ready Mm -hmm. and not stand at an arm's length. When it comes to action in the church, yeah. Yeah. y'all quiet, y'all too quiet for me. We see in this text these people jumping right in to the Christian walk. And boy, I wish we had this type of devotion in the church today. This leads me to my first of three points. Number one, generous giving produces spiritual growth. Generous giving produces spiritual growth. Verse 42, it says they devoted themselves, they persisted in, they grew and got stronger in the apostles' teaching to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. There's so much stuff in in here, but what what we see straight at the gate is is this. We see discipleship 101. Remember earlier in chapter one, Jesus was instructing the disciples to continue to follow his example, and they did just that. So they taught the new believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Now, the question is, what exactly were they teaching? Jesus, you know, he came, died, you know, went to heaven. He taught many things when he was here on earth. What what am I supposed to know? This is what the apostles were teaching at this time. The apostles would have been teaching the nature of salvation, the person and work of Christ, the commands of Christ, Christian living. And they submit themselves to deep truths about the Christian faith. Notice what I said. They submit themselves to understanding the the, the deep things about the Christian walk. How many of us dive deep into the ocean of our faith? Or do we go to the shallow end of the pool and play pity pat with those who say they're Christians? We see in this text ta- believers taking ownership in their faith. They don't just lead the doctrine to the teacher, or the preacher, or the professor, or the deacon. No, they give themselves to learning and heeding from what the apostles are saying. Notice, I said it before; I'll say it again. They had just been baptized. They're new converts, and yet they have they take the time to grow in the thing that they said they believed. Not only do they devote themselves to the teaching of the apostles, but what they have received, they then put into practice. Don't be hearers only, but be doers of the word. It says they devoted themselves to fellowship and to the breaking of bread. These two are side by side. But I want to focus on the, the idea of fellowship for just a second. The, the, the word, uh, uh, the Greek word for fellowship um, is koinonia. It means close relationship. Now, the fellowship was first with God. I know we love that in our, today, in our society, society today. You know, you know how we do. Y'all going to leave me by myself? Okay. Let me give y'all a few and then I'll see, you know, who's in the room. It's me and God. God got me. God the homie. Only God can judge me. Y'all don't want that. But, But the funny thing is, God never wanted our relationship to be exclusive or excluded from others. Yeah. He, 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 doesn't, he doesn't want you to say, I love God with all my heart, but all these people, I can do without. Yeah. In fact, it says, in First John, it says, that how can you say you love God who you have never seen? Yeah and hate the brother that you see every day. One of my wife's favorite authors wrote this about this idea of uh, having uh, this fellowship with other. Her her name is Jen Wilkins. In her book, Uh, Uh, None Like Him, she says this, uh, when we invest our time in what has eternal significance, we store up our treasures in heaven. This side of heaven, though, the only investments that uh, the only investments with eternal significance are people. You want to store up treasures in heaven? Treat your neighbor right. How can you be together and not love on one another? Why are we always talking about one another? Backbiting and screaming and hollering and y'all know how us black people are. <laughs> Other families got problems too, but we we sometimes be a little bit more vocal with ours. How can you say you love him who you have not seen and hate your brother? What you see, man, who you see every day. This first church understood that my relationship with God is very much so important. But they also seen that my relationship with others is just as important. You see, clearly, in the next group of what they devoted themselves to, they, it says they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. Uh, The breaking of bread uh, for them was relational. It was unifying. Not just anybody could come to dinner. And when we had dinner, we wasn't grabbing our plates and heading to the living room to watch sports and movies. I do it. I think we sat at our dinner table maybe twice. Twice. We've been married for a year now. <laughs> but for them, gathering around the table was intimate fellowship with one another. This is where iron was sharpening iron. This is not just, you know, Grandma, <clears throat> I, uh, thank you, for, um, thank you. That was really good. <laughs> No, they were, they were having uh, conversations with, uh, with, with each other. They were building one another up as they were going and eating with each other. We don't do that no more. I don't do that no more. Prime example, I, a, few, few, um, a few weeks ago, I believe, maybe a month ago, we all were at my, my parents' house. And um, we were all um, captured by our phones, just in them. I mean, like, when I say in them, the house could have been burning and we would be on it. If the dog was allowed to have a phone, he'd probably be on his too. (laughs) So we're sitting there, and um, my mom, if you know her, She don't hold her tongue. She she gonna tell her how it is, and so she said, "Look at this! All y'all on your phones. The phones got you. Look at him. What is he doing? Who's that on there?" And so, you know, she she talked and talked and talked. (laughs) and talked. <laughs> and then finally she said, put your phones down. Put your phones down. No more phones. And she said, I want everybody to go around the room and say something encouraging to everyone in the room. And so we did that. And for me, it was encouraging because not only was I Able to be encouraged. I was also able to encourage somebody else. When you are sitting with other people, other believers, what are your conversations looking like? Is it just about the NBA? Is it only about what I just bought? The newest something that came out. I don't know, name it. Is it always about us? Or do we ever look out for somebody who might be hurting but doesn't say anything because you haven't asked? What does our time of fellowship look like? These early, this early church understands that when we get together, it's for a good cause. It's to build one another up. To love on one another. But lastly, it says this, they prayed. Devoted themselves to prayer. This points to both corporate public prayers in the temple and then also their private prayers in the homes of individuals. Now, you might be sitting there, Wondering what does this have to do with my spiritual growth? It has everything to do with your spiritual growth. Devoting to hear God's word allows you to take in the word so that you are changed first. So then that when you're with somebody else, when you're in community with other believers, you then spill out the very thing that you've put inside yourself. And then you're able to talk to one another and find out where, where are you in life? How can I then, watch this, pray for you? How can I lift you up in prayer? This is what the early church did. They seen that I just can't hear the word and then go my merry way. But I also can't ignore the word and just fellowship all the time. We don't need any more activities. What we need you to do is join the activities that already exist. Listen, there are things that are going on in the church and you will never know about it because you failed to Get involved. I'm I'm going beyond. I'm in the next part of my... Anyway, true spiritual growth comes when we do just this. When we understand that we are weak and finite, then we realize that God cares so much about us that he not only gives us his word, but he gives us community. And what are those things for? To, for all of us to look like Christ. The reason why you gather is to look like Christ. The reason why you read your word is to look like Christ. If that wasn't so, Jesus would not have needed to come. If you were all that in a bag of chips, I know that's really old, but if you were all that, If you were on fleek that much, if you had swag that much, if you had that much sauce, then Christ would not need to come. But because we are not like him, we need to be made to look like him. Your fellowship should drive you to looking like Christ. This ain't even in my sermon, but how about this? Watch this. Watch this. Sometimes we might have to change our friends because they don't push us to look like Christ. Interesting, I was, every now and then I get a time to get on Netflix. I like Netflix. Um, but one thing I love about Netflix, uh, two things. I love The Office. Yes. And if they take it off of Netflix, I'm going to be mad. Yes. But I'm going to buy it, though, mean, Whatever it said, I'm going to buy it. Trust me. But another thing I like about Netflix is documentaries. Love them. Love them. I love them. Um, but this time I wasn't watching it on Netflix. I was watching it on YouTube, but every now and then they have like really good ones. And so this time, like recently I've been watching the ones that talk about different religions. I was watching one um, about uh, Hindus. I was actually reading a book uh, on different religions and the, 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 which ones are how they're ranked, who has the most people, all that. But um, um, I seen one on Hindus. I seen one, on um, the Mormons, and I seen one on Jehovah Witnesses, and I just like to look at them to see like what they believe, right? Because we're supposed to defend the faith, and how can we defend our faith if we don't, you know? We if we get to them, they're gonna be like they say one thing, you'd be like, mm. <laughs> I don't know where it is in the Bible, but it says, Amen. no, give them something that you defend your faith, right? So anyway. I like to just have that information in there. So I, I was watching one on the, the Mormons and um, the guy was uh, uh, sending, you know, he was getting ready to get involved, the young man, and they have to send him away. And I was looking at one about Jehovah's Witnesses and they send them away and they study. And I got so, you know, it was just like, oh my goodness. What if the church actually studied the way these people study? What if, we actually devoted ourselves the way that all these other religions devote themselves. Here's another problem example. I, we were driving in, it was, it was around 8.30 this morning, and straight down the street, I, y'all, listen, y'all have the most blocked off blocks of all time. <laughs> I mean, like every, and they don't like, the maps don't even tell you that it's blocked off. So you gotta get there, and then if you gotta turn around, forget it. You're 15 minutes away from everything at that point. <laughs> so we, we, we had to come around and I was like, what, what is that? And so came around and I seen all these um, black young boys and black men on the corner. But they were all, all garbed up. They were Muslims. 830 in the morning. And they had the whole block blocked off and they were sitting out there and they were praying. And it made me happy to see all the black people come together. And other uh, nationalities were out there, too. Um, it made me happy just to see them collectively come, but also made me sad because I thought about it, I said, you know what? How many Christians are still asleep right now? It also made me think, man, it's crazy because only one of us have the truth. Yeah. But yet, they, they groom their people to understand or try to understand this whack doctrine that they create and all these things that are spiritual. And really, I'm sitting there and I'm like, y'all have no idea. But when it comes to real discipleship, they do a great job. But when you find where discipleship started, and the Christians don't even do that well. Here's the call. Here's the call. Here's the call for all of us, for all of us. When do we look at scripture and see people like this who just came to Christ, devoting all their time and their efforts to to growing, to to putting all their things into the basket so the church grows and people understand that this is the only way to know who our God is. When do we stop playing? Gone are the days where we put another activity outside and never share the gospel. Or we have another fellowship and we never sh- sharpen uh, uh, our brother or sister. We have to be people who are devoted to learning and understanding what God is saying and to share the very thing that he has given to us. I gotta move. First we see, they generously give themselves to spiritual things so that they grow spiritually second thing, second point, generous giving allows the furtherance of God's kingdom. Verse 43, everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and signs were performed through the apostles. Like the way the ESV translation says, it says, and all came upon every soul. This all simply means of reverent fear. It's a sign of respect. But notice who was in all. It says everyone was filled with all. Everyone in this text means everybody. Both believer and unbeliever. All the believer was doing is seeing the sign and they were in all of what was happening. What if the Christian displayed like that? What if we got out of saying, I am a Christian and actually lived as if we were? They were filled with awe because many signs and wonders were being done. They were amazed at how the spirit was using the apostles, but it doesn't stop there with their respect. It goes on the verse, the next two verses, 44 and 45. It says, now all the believers were together and they held all things in what? In common. They held all things in common. Verse 45, I know y'all going to get quieter than uh, y'all was before because we skip over this one. It says, they sold their possessions and property and distributed uh, the proceeds to all as any had need. Amen. I'm glad I got one amen. Here's where a lot of believers jump. We, we, we skip. We, we love 40, right? 44. We, we say, oh, we got all things in common. All things is that we both, we all believe in Jesus Christ. He came, died, and rose. And we gather together. And then we leave. But we never do 45, we skip over that. Uh, you know, some of us, we, we dap the church up. Oh my gosh, y'all are doing an amazing job. You know, every time I come in here, I get positive vibes, positive vibes. I hate that word with a passion. And I'm a millennial, so I should like for words like that. I, I can't stand it. But, but you know, they, they dap the church up when they say, oh, here's a free t shirt. I like t shirts. You know, they dap them up because they got coffee in the, in the lobby. I'm not just talking about a Piff Brook. I'm talking about a lot of churches all over the world. They got the nice wood wall in the back. Oops. I didn't know that was there. They got a nice wood wall and the lights hanging down. It, it's, it's a nice feng shui. Cool lights. You know, you go to some churches and they just got strobe lights everywhere. And that band, I tell you, that band is amazing. But we never give our own time. We'll praise them for all the things that they're doing. Cool doors. Bathroom smells nice. You know, these seats are plush, so when I drop down, it gives me some support. You know... Our pastor, he is. Oh my goodness! That outfit he had on was amazing. <laughs> they have lyrics when they're singing. You know, they don't. They don't. They don't do communion too long. Nobody has white gloves on. <laughs> <laughs> well, they can praise. Oh yeah, you guys are doing an amazing job. But all the while, we're like this. I'll I'll praise you for all the things that you're doing over here, but. I I'm not going to give my time. I'm not going to devote my time to that. I'm too busy. We don't give our time, treasures and talents to the church. It's all about what me and I can get from the church. How can I benefit from this? It's crazy how consumerism has walked in the church and taken over. It's crazy how we can just come to church and that be enough. Meanwhile, there are still babes in Christ. And how about this? Sometimes those who just sit and come, they get pulled away from the church. Now they're not a Christian anymore. Why? Because we don't devote ourselves to growing in what God is telling us. One pastor of, in Washington, D.C., writes an article um, and he is explaining three ways in which church plants can kill consumerism. One of the points was God, uh, the, uh, church planting creates an environment where everyone can serve. Epiphany Philadelphia started off as a small church. Epiphany Brooklyn started off with Bible studies. Uh, all these churches that we plant all over the world, they start small. Why? Because it, it shows that people need to be involved so that we can grow. But he, he, he explains um, how when the members got there and it was so small, they asked a question, how has God gifted me and how can I leverage that gifting for the church? He goes on to say, when, when they ask this question, this is uh, the response um, and the growth that happened through, through, that, uh, through asking those type of questions. It says, our, our, our people grew in the gospel because they were forced to walk in it. Yeah. 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 When you don't have people who dedicate themselves to growing in the faith, then you'll have people who are okay with just coming to church. It says they're not simply consumed with spiritual service. They don't just come in and with the tambourines and leave. No, they were involved in what was happening with the church. This text teaches us there are ways, there's so many things that that the kingdom is doing. And there's so many things that we need to do in the kingdom. And and we as bloodwashed believers to only be taking and never giving to the church is a problem. You have those who big up the church for all the things that they're doing. But then you have those who will criticize and talk about the church and what they're not doing and how we need more of this and less of that. My response to those people is simply this. If you have time to criticize, then you have time to put your hands to the plow yeah. and get involved. The thing that some of us you know, usually complain about, we could actually come in and start that thing. Now I'm not saying that everybody needs to start something. Some people just need to join what something is already happening. But it would look a lot better if people would stop talking about the church and they would get involved in what the church is trying to do for the environment around them. I gotta move, goodness gracious. They devoted themselves to not just spiritual things, but they gave themselves to doing things in the church. They gave their time. They gave their talent. Some people who had great talents here, but you'll only give your talents to the job. (laughs) Did you know that that's selfish? Because you might say, oh, they're paying me. But the, the central thing is you as long as it benefits you, you'll do it. I'll get there on time because I don't want nobody to take any pennies or dimes or dollars from my check, but it only benefits me. Some of us work in places where, man, it's just, you have a lot of just availabilities to give to the church. Some of us work at City Hall and and places where we have a lot of resources at our, tip, at our fingertips, but yet we never take what God has placed us in, which is, the, which is a, a job, and use those resources to actually help people in the church. Why won't you leverage what God has placed you in? Here's another thing. Why won't we share the gospel with those at our jobs? You might be the only person that can get your boss to listen to you for just two minutes. Why not share the gospel? You might be the only person that can talk to your crazy aunt or uncle. And yet you say, Oh, they just crazy, just let them be. No, give them the gospel. Use the things that God has given you. Give your time. To the church, you give your talents to the church. You're gifted in many different ways. But some of us skipped over the treasure part. My money. It's my money and I need it now. (laughs) The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That's whose money it is. Stop hoarding, hoarding things that don't really belong to you. Don't be a hoarder. It's not yours. Naked I came into the earth and naked I will return, Job says. You can't take nothing with you. It belongs to God. I got to keep moving. You see, you give generously yourself to spiritual things. You give generously to the church through time, talents, and treasures. But lastly, you give—you generously give and your generous giving draws people to Christ. Your generous giving draws people to Christ. Look at 46 or 47 really quickly. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. This breaking of bread was not just food, but they also were reflecting on the fact that Jesus came, lived, went to a cross, was buried, and rose again. So they celebrate. That means when we're together, our conversation can't always be about us. Actually, it might have to be about, man, you know, God been dealing with me today. Uh How's he been dealing with with you? Or how about this? Man, I'm, I'm, you know, the Lord's been like telling me, like the way you was talking to this person, you probably... Need to go and apologize. We don't want to stir anything up, right? But the very person that you're letting get away with, they're staying stagnant in their faith because they're blind to those areas. And you might be the one that helps. Mm-hmm. Lastly, John the Christ, I love this part. They found favor with all people. Verse forty-seven says, "And every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved, because they devoted themselves first to Christ and then to the church by their time, talent, and treasures." We see God gives them favor with how many people? All people, not just those who dress like they did, or those who had a seat at the table or had relationship with people of power. No, it says that they had favor with all people, rich poor, black, white, old, young, favor. God gave them favor with everybody. You know, Joseph, God gave Joseph favor. Sold by your very own family. You talking about stabbing in the back. They made profit off of selling him. Then he goes to jail. Dude promises, I'll let you out. And then forgets about him, but still finds favor with God. And at the end of it, what happens? He's put in power because he remained faithful to God and received favor. It's crazy because Pastor Timmy talked about it last week. We, We give because we have been given everything. You and I have found favor with God through Jesus Christ. If you don't get anything else in in, in the world, you better know that your salvation is enough. And the, the, the fact that you have been given it You should. That's the greatest gift of all time. The fact that you have been given Jesus Christ and the fact that he lives inside of you and that you can wake up in the morning and say, man, if nothing else gets better, I have a sure foundation in Jesus Christ and nothing else matters. And now I want to share what I have been given with the world. That's why the church is this. That's why you come up here and stand with the right hand of fellowship. You're making a declaration, not just saying that I've been, I've been made right with God. No, it's I've been made right with God and now I'm going to go to work. Yeah. Yeah. We've been given a great gift in Christ. And so we give that same gift to the world. i close with this. A young boy who run, ran an errand for his mother, he uh, went to buy eggs. Got to the grocery store, put the money on the counter. They bagged up the eggs and he walked out. As he was walking out, he tripped outside the door and dropped the bag. Every egg in there cracked. There were people around him and they said, Hey, oh, you all right? I'm so sorry. They had much pity for him. And then there was one man, he digged in his pocket and he gave him a quarter. And he said, he then turned around and he said, how many of you are going to help this boy get some more eggs? You missed it. Everybody else was so sorry for him, but they never had action to help him get what he lost. How does this apply to you in my life? We were that boy and we were on a road lost and we went, chopped our eggs and yet we got back up and we kept trying to, Do it and we dropped our eggs and and then we found and heard about a man named Jesus who gives more than a quarter, but gives his life. And now when I receive that thing, I can go on and give from the place he's given to me. Friends, you have been given the precious gift of Christ. This is the very thing that will change people's lives. How do you know? Look at yourself. Have you not been changed by the goodness of God? My prayer today is for us all to give first our lives to Christ. If there's anybody here who has not done that, give your life to Christ. It's the greatest decision you can ever make. Then give yourselves over to spiritual things so that you can grow in faith. Not only that, then give yourself to community, so you can hold one another accountable, so that you can grow together to look more like Christ. Break bread together, pray for one another. But lastly, always remember that the greatest gift you ever have gotten was Christ and him crucified. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you that you indeed are a God who cares about us, and does not leave us alone. You see that we had a deep need. We were indeed that child that dropped his eggs, broken them all. We were broken and shattered. And yet you come to the rescue to help us and put us back in relationship with you. So for these things, we say thank you. Thank you that you are indeed the God who restores us, who satisfies the wrath of God. And because of these things that we have, we give them to the world so that they can say, what must I do to be saved? You say in your word, if I be lifted up, you'll draw all men unto yourself. Help us understand that we have the weighty, but yet glorified or glorious ability to share the gospel. What a privilege it is for broken people to share the good news of the gospel. You use us. You have fellowship with us so that we can go into the world and declare that there is only one God. There is only one Savior, one Lord, that many would come to know who you are pardon of their sin. Tug on our hearts, Lord. Help us to see that we need to give up our time, our treasures, and our talents so that people will see, not just hear the good news of the gospel, they will see that we have been changed by you. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' precious name I pray and every glad heart said amen.